Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The following is a live presentation of the Commercial Appeal. Take the CA wherever you go. Download the Commercial Appeal app on your smartphone or tablet and get push alerts when breaking news happens. It's a free download for your iPhone and iPad in the Apple App Store and in the Google Play Store for your Android device. This is the Grizzlies Podcast with Grizzlies beat reporter Ron Tillery, columnist Jeff Hawkins, and pick-and-pop columnist Chris Harrington. Well, it's hump day, and uh, this is the first of many Grizzlies podcasts that you will be enjoying for the 2016-17 season. I am Ron Tillery, the only beat writer the Memphis Grizzlies have ever known, joined by our pick-and-pop columnist, Chris Harrington, and uh, our numbers game contributor, Peter Edmiston. So, uh, welcome, and, you know, let's let's start big, as in Big Spain, because I, I, I think as the Grizzlies get prepared to start training camp, uh, there, there's there's nothing more important than the fact that Marc Gasol um, is prepared to to return. I mean, you, it's funny because you have a new coach, you have the biggest free agent signing in franchise history, you have the highest draft pick in a long time, and he that is by far the biggest story is Marc Gasol, to the, to the point that, you know, luckily we have a month before we can make any predictions, but... Whether I predict the Grizzlies to be a top three or four seed or I predict him, predict him to miss the playoffs depends almost entirely on what Mark Marcus all looks like in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, him returning to form is huge. And, Peter, you've written a lot about this and you've investigated uh, that injury. And I, I, just, I just feel like there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about his situation given that, A, they were cautious, and, and he just seems to be on pace, wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, I, I think that the, everything has been really good the so far. Everything that they would have wanted has happened more or less the way that it's been handled. Yeah, he didn't play for Spain in the Rio Olympics despite a little bit of pressure and maybe some desire. I mean, I'm sure quite a bit of desire to do it. He decided not to simply because you know he wanted to, to be judicious about his health and not try to rush anything. He has always consistently said he's in, been on or ahead of pace. Mark is a diligent worker and you know probably too much of a worker in this case because you have to you know be very patient with the process and go step by step not try to rush ahead. The the thing I would say though is that we're in very much uncharted waters even assuming that the rehab all goes according to plan. We just given his age, you know, he's 31, he'll be 32 at some point this year. You have a history particularly with big men and people over the age of 30 with this injury that is not good. So if he were to come back and be 90% or more of what he was, that would be pretty much unprecedented. I'm not saying that it won't happen because it very well could and he's a unique guy and they have, you know, they have reason to think this was a injury that was a little more conducive to healing than others. So maybe so. 
but you just have to say the history hasn't been good. So it's very much a wait and see just to make sure that everything's okay. Well, he's a very expressive player, a very expressive person, not only on the floor, but in social media to a degree. Like either, either he will be very expressive or he will sort of disappear. Yeah. He he had that whole Jack Nicholson thing. He he tweeted, I'm back. His personal optimism and excitement is coming through. And that, no doubt. And, I mean, I haven't seen him on the floor yet, but he he seems to feel like he's on pace and he feels in good shape, and that's a good sign. But to your point, you can feel good, but then when actual NBA games start, that doesn't mean the performance is going to be at where you think it should be. And the other thing is, even if he is all the way back, it doesn't mean it'll stay that way. You know, I mean, it, I think they have to be – even if he comes back and you look like the old Marcus All, they have to exercise more caution with him than they have was, in the past. This was a point, actually, that I had talked to a couple of people that, that dealt with this before at a high level, mm-hmm. and they said the same thing, that you have to restrict minutes, even when it looks great, even when everything looks fantastic. Let's say he's playing 20 solid minutes, 25 solid minutes, maybe even 30 you got to be careful on back-to-backs. you got to be careful on continued use, maybe even up for the first month, month and a half, two months mm-hmm. of the season before you really feel like, okay, everything's okay, the response is good, the foot's not reacting to a game situation. Those are things you can't really know until you do them, and well, that's that's why you just have to be careful. It'll be interesting to see how Fisdale manages Mark and the organization because I remember young Michael Jordan broke his foot, and when he came back, they were like, no, we have the big picture. Everything's and, about and, the Bulls with you, isn't it? Just you and Michael Jordan, and uh, it's everything's always the Bulls. Bulls he's such this. a hater. <laughs> Bulls he's that. Such oh. a hater. I remember when I covered a young Michael Jordan, and I put my arm around him. I told him, "Young fella, you're going to be okay." And, Come on, man. <laughs> Let him have it now because it's going to be a mess of a season once, once it tips off. But but my point is, you know, Michael was you know extremely difficult. He was very frustrated, and you just talked about it, Chris, in terms of Mark's personality right you know like it's going to be hard for him to to go at that slower pace but because the big picture is not only having him ready for a playoff push but you know he's got four more years on a max contract that they got to think about there's no question and 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 we talked about this you know i think a few months ago kind of in in dealing with the injury itself and thinking about like how the the thing is going to go i mean if you look at the rotation and where they're at at a lot of spots yeah, but but if you look for the bigs, for example, I mean, you've got Zach, who you know is going to be sixty-five games probably. You just have, at best, he's going to take some time off. He's going to take a few. You know, that's just Zach. He wants. He's he's said that on the record. He wants to, you know, preserve his body. He needs to be sure. Though I'm sure he'll pick up a few little minor things as the season goes on. You've obviously got Mark in his situation. Brandon Wright, we'll see. Right, Jarrell Martin, we'll see. Jermichael Green is what he is. A little limited. And then Deontay Davis. I mean, you're you know, you're not counting on anything. Yeah, you just you that that you rotation, might get it, but you're yeah, not counting. Yeah, on yeah it. exactly. So now you've got. I mean, there are questions. The, the temptation is going to be very strong for Fisdale to push this because there's so many questions behind him, but they can't. Yeah. They can't do that. Well, and, and that's that's going to be an issue at every single position. Oddly enough, they either have injury or age questions at all five starting positions, and they have depth question depth questions at all five positions. And yeah. so, you know, Chandler Parsons coming is coming off a knee injury. Mike, Mike Conley has had a tendency to wear down over the course of a season. You got to guard against that. And now and, he doesn't even have a veteran backup. Right. <laughs> you know, Zach, Zach Randolph, as you mentioned, you know. in his mid thirties, Tony Allen is now routinely misses twenty plus games a year, which he probably should because that makes him better when he comes back. But you you have those questions. You have usage questions with all five of those guys and you have big questions about the the kind of play quality play you're going to get when they're not on the floor well that gets into the the idea of Fisdale being a first year head coach I mean every coach from Hubie Brown 
all the way up to Lionel Hollins has, has felt the pressure to right. win every game. Well, Fisdale comes in as a guy who is renowned for developing talent. So, you know, where's the balance going to be, you know, with that? I mean, that, that's going to be interesting to see because, because let's face it, with all the, uh, the injury history and, and, the, and, and, like you mentioned, wearing down of Mike Conley, he's going to have to give minutes, bite his tongue, you know, you know pull his hair out to a Baldwin or a Harrison so that he doesn't wear Mike Conley out. And, 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 and if he's not comfortable doing that, even if he is comfortable doing that, I'm not going to be surprised if they look up at some point, like they have like every single season, and say, we got to go out and get another backup, better right. backup point guard. Well, well assuming Tony Roten's not going to break out, we, we're just, we're just, <laughs> that possibility is out of the window. See, out of that's the your answer for everything. That's Tony Roten. Right. <laughs> Tony Roten. The Tony, the yeah. vault of Tony Roten yeah. breakout yeah. is not going to happen. This crush you have on Tony uh, Roten. Uh, yeah, no, it, well, it, you, it, yeah, I don't think he makes the roster. <laughs> but, but, but to Chris's point, I mean, Mario Chalmers is is a familiar person uh, to not only Fisdale but to what he uh, brought right. to the Grizzlies last year. If he's capable of of giving you, you know, anything close to what he did last year, I mean, you got to look at bringing. Well, him. It'd be a no brainer. I've yeah. said this repeatedly: people should not rule out a Mario Chalmers return until he signs with another team. No question. Right. It makes it makes too much sense for a lot of different yeah. reasons. And right. he would instantly come in and upgrade. I mean, you could play him combo. You could do all kinds of things with him. And there's a serious lack of proven quality behind well, the starters. And, and this this is a relatively small thing given his age and the injuries coming off of. But a, a minor consideration is, and it's sort of getting into the weeds of, of CBA stuff, but if the if, if Chalmers resigns with the Grizzlies without playing for another team in the interim, the Grizzlies actually retain his bird rights, mm-hmm. which means next summer – They'll have him on a minimum, you know, cap hold or whatever, and they can spit all their cap space and still resign him in a way they couldn't with other players. So, so if they, if they think he he is valued not only this season but beyond this season, there's an incentive to get him back in the mix. And you know what? And that really gets into the the, the makeup of the roster because, like, you know, we talk about Chalmers, you know, uh, as it relates to you know what Harrison's role will be, what with uh, Baldwin, but those two guys are combo guards. Like right. It's not like they have this great depth at shooting Well, guards. and it's not like if you bring in another point guard that that there's, that there's cuts off all paths to playing time for them. Right. It's not like you're, the, the Grizzlies are totally stocked at two guard. Like, right. like, if you think Wade Baldwin can defend multiple positions on the perimeter and can knock down some shots, you can get him minutes at the two. You can play those smaller backcourts like they did with Conley and Chalmers, like they did with Conley and Bayless. There's avenue for playing time for those guys, even if another veteran point and guard comes in. And that's absolutely what David Fisdale did at Summer League. He, 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 he worked through that with, right. with, with uh, both Harrison and with uh, Baldwin. But you saw – and this is – so the expectations of what they what they want to see and what internally they they think this season could be, you saw some of the growing pains even at summer league with those guys playing. Oh, those guys weren't spots. great at summer league at all. Uh, no, and, and and Harrison in particular, I think you got you know questions about Baldwin length and the opportunity to defend. I think there yeah. there there's a quicker path for him to get some minutes. I'm not so sure about Harrison. And all of a sudden, you know, I. I think Troy Daniels is going to be huge for this reason because he, at least he has a proven NBA skill right. that can come in and Making he can he can threes. display it and, yeah. and, and, and it's something that they desperately need. But this is where like okay, how much tolerance is David Fisdale or the organization, you know, whoever all from from on down, how much tolerance are they going to have for these growing pains when you have a if, rough start if and you, you kind of If you believe in Baldwin's upside and clearly they would not have drafted him where they did if they did not. If you believe in his upside, you have got to 
I'm not saying he has to be the 20 minute a game backup point guard right out of the gate, but you have got to commit to getting him that time and have a long view of where that's going to take you. Because the guy, the guys that he reminds me of, he's a little bit different player, but there's two players he reminds me of a little bit developmentally. He reminds me of Eric Bledsoe. He reminds me of Avery Bradley. These were both guys who were athletic combo guard types, not pure point guards. They both came out early. They're both mm-hmm. mid-first-round draft picks. They were both bad as rookies. Midway through their second season, they started to develop into good rotation players, and now they're quality starters. And it took them a year and a half. I think Baldwin, given his style of play, his athletic ability, and, and, and where he has to go to, in terms of skill development, he is a similar type of player to those guys. And you may have, it may be a year and a half before it really clicks. And, and, and you're, you're alluding to something that, that I think we need to hit on because it's interesting – to hear some colleagues say, well, you know, Fisdale has to at least be as good as Dave. No, I mean, this is a different time for Grizzlies basketball. You've got the core four. You've got major guy coming off an injury. You've got guys aging. And then the back half of that roster, the young guys. It's totally unproven. And, 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 yeah. so, and so – it may not be as much about wins and losses as about how these guys develop. Yeah, but, 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 but hold but, on. But, this yeah. team is built to – they're the fourth it, well, it's highest both. payroll it's in a, the league. It's a weird place to be because everything you say is true. Yeah. And at the same time, you just went out and signed a Mac, Chandler Parsons to a max contract, and Marcus All's 31, and Mike Conley's 28, well, 29. And, and like, point, yeah. you know, Because the, the guys you talked about, I mean, Avery Bradley, when he developed – but, he but, developed but, on a but bad they, team. They got two max yeah, you can guys. Go, you can go to look at Rodney listen, Hood. But Rodney listen, Hood was horrible for listen, the first three they, months they got, of his career but they on a got bad team. Two max right. guys who have never better. been all stars. JJ Redick was horrible his first Think two about years that. on a bad team. Yeah. They've got two max guys who've never been all stars. Welcome to the modern NBA. There's hey, a lot listen, of those <laughs> running around. <laughs> my, <laughs> but, my point. My point is this is why I this is why I. I couched all this with the idea of what are their internal expectations for the season? Because if you think this is a 52-53 win team. And you you can't tolerate fifteen to twenty minutes a night of subpar and, play. And what are to the, from a rookie. to the degree that they care? They shouldn't care too much. Hopefully, Fizdell does what he knows to be right and doesn't care too much. Right. What are the fan expectations? Because I think it's interesting when they had the summer they had great you know great coaching hire. Everyone loves the coaching hire. Biggest free agent signing in franchise history. You got you got you got Mike Conley back. Mm-hmm. You, you had a good draft. Like everything lined up. Troy and you, Daniels is nice signing. Everything. Yeah. I think by acclamation, everyone thinks they had a really good summer. Oh, absolutely! And yeah. I think fans woke up and said, "We're back!" Like you know, you know, we're going to be a top th- number three seed, the four seed, whatever in the West. The plus minus numbers come out this week, and it's forty three and a half. That's what Vegas thinks. I think that's, that's why not, you gotta that's not what the fan base no. thinks. But that's what that's why you got to temper it because he's got to bring along the Troy Daniels. He's got to bring along. Um, James Ennis. Ennis. Yeah, yeah. I, Ennis is, he Ennis took his name out of my mouth. I mean, he, he's got to bring these guys. He's got to bring along. To be uh, fair, Ennis uh, is 26, Harrison and, and or Baldwin. Yeah. I mean, like, isn't that what fans have been whining about for the last yeah. four or five no, years? No, no, I, I agree I mean, with you that there should be some patience on that front. But I, I do, like Peter said, there's sort of tensions pulling both ways on this. It, this is this is a really tricky thing. I think it also speaks to. I mean, you could look at some of the, you know, the more advanced, Well, what are the expectations the of the players, too? Well, the analytic. Well, I mean, the players clearly expect big things. Yes. But They're not like, expected. Mike like Conley's not expected to win 44 no, games. You're, you're Kevin Pelton's <laughs> of the world. Right. Uh, there was my my uh, my guy, I can't remember his name, at, at Counting Baskets. He's, he's good on nylon calculus. They both individually have 39 win projections. The yeah, you have on the other Pelton, di- I mean, I, 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 I'm I a tight brother from way back with Kevin Pelton. But um, his, 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 his Shaney system... 
every every season under race the Grizzlies. Oh, there, there's it something does. in there. It does, and the, and and the, there's always been the Grizzlies have always won. They're far the more their fair share of close games. Right. They've always kind of outplayed their Pythagorean stuff on their point differential. So I, I get all that, but. It, you still have to pick, factor that in because there are fans that think 50, 52, yeah. and these things think 39, and Vegas thinks 43 and a half. It's, I mean, there is a huge disparity in what people think. This also gets to my other thing, which is I think Chandler Parsons is vital. Like, what, what they are going to ask him to do as a do-it-all, stop-gap guy, he will have to defend three, maybe four positions, depending on how things go. He may have to play on offense Two distinct. I'm going to retroactively put some air quotes around defend when you went up to three and four <laughs> positions. You know what I'm saying? Though? He will have to. He will have to account hey, listen, for. Well, hey, listen, we'll be happy if he yeah. he can defend one. He will have to I account mean, like, for different guys in different roles. I agree with you. I mean, you know what I mean. But he's going to have to be a part of a defense that does different things. Right. He has to play uh, with the starters. One group, and then I think he's going to have to play a prominent role as a part of that backup, as as a as, as the guy, as the guy, guy who, who runs the playmaker in some slash way. whatever. Yeah, yeah I, think I, you know, I tell you what, he's going to, and if he gets hurt, then you, I mean that's that's tough. You man. guys are going to laugh, but I, I mean I wouldn't rule out Vince in that role, and in, in, in yeah. terms of being on the second unit. Knowing how to play, well, we getting guys in the you know, right up-tempo, spot. You know, up tempo, man. Vince, and then, he's up tempo. He's, but, I mean, you well, know, he's but, always but moving. Listen, but, we but, heard but, so the, much. The further he's moved away from that ankle injury, yeah. he's gotten better. Well, I mean, we heard so much the about the vaunted Vince Carter, Brandon Wright pick and roll in Dallas, oh, and how it was an yeah. unstoppable yeah. Vince Carter, Brandon Wright pick and roll. Maybe that'll be the bread and butter of the second team, right? <laughs> it might be. Oof, because, right. I mean, but but you know, uh, if if I'm Fizz, you know, if if Vince is physically capable. Uh, of giving you quality minutes, you know, I, I have him out there just for structure. He could be the coach's crutch, and there could be a good reason for him to be this year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but absolutely. how much can you rely on, you know, 39, 39-year-old, 40? Where, where are we at on Vince? I think Vince? It's 39. Uh, 39-year-old Vince Carter, if, if oof, I you mean, just, again, you, with you injuries. You Tony Roden. Uh, well, you have to, <laughs> I mean, again, it's either or. It's either you rely on, you know, elderly players, or you rely on, you know, fetal players. I mean, it's like one of the two. Like, these are yeah. super young or super old. What are we, you, you, this is the tough it's like meshing mix. this yeah, thing is, is really going to yeah. be true. I mean, I mean, we're talking about sort of on the court and and sort of you know effectiveness. But the other thing with Parsons, when you bring him up, this is the first time in a little while that the pecking order may have to change. I'm talking about the chemistry. Like, you know, it, it's sort of been a slow evolution from Zach Randolph's team to the Marcus All Mike Conley's team. Sure. Yeah, but this is going to be the first time since Rudy Gay left that a, another player comes in who is going to insert himself in the middle. It's not a core four anymore. Like Chandler Parsons is is there, right? Right. I I think you're right. I, it looks like Robert Perra is looking at the big three. Right. Uh, That's what it's shifting to from <laughs> yeah. core four to big three. Yeah. And if you're Zach Randolph, Tony Allen, like I mean, the the. Uh, you know, I think you know these guys are at the stage of their career and the kind of players they've been. I think it'll probably be fine, but that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, oh, no, no doubt about it. I mean, it, listen, uh, you know, we're talking about guys who are relatively young, you know, and in, in, in their prime. Whereas, like you, like you're alluding to, Zach and Tony are, you know, they they they're, they're 34, 35 they're, years yeah, old. They're, right? they're 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 moving out. Well, they, and this is also just just in a related situation with 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 Parsons and what his role is going to be and how things will change, but. Fisdale has said, and I think Ron, he may have told you in the discussions about how he wants to play, but he sees Mike Conley as a little more of a alpha. You know, he wants him to kind of have the freedom, particularly early in the shot clock, to initiate and to go after it, and then to fall back on the post play as kind of a last eight seconds of the shot clock, let's get into something that we know we can handle kind of thing. Right. How will that play out? How will that actually manifest itself? Because typically, 
the changes that have been asked from this normal group well, Zach Randolph, have not gone over well, all Zach that Well, Zach Randolph and Marcus Gasol actually have crossed the, the half-court line and into the paint by the time that Kobe <laughs> by, is initiated this There's 10 seconds left. Stuff. Here comes Mark right. just kind of moseying on in there. <laughs> that, that, that's what you – know, will you actually be able to do that? Will you be able to see Chandler Parsons and Mike Conley pick things up a little bit and will Zach and Mark go along with that? Or will they once again kind of say, boy, you know, this is not the way we should be playing. This is not the basketball, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I'll still well, never, I'll never forget Mark – you know, griping and moaning about, you know, when they scored 38 against the, I think it was the Knicks, and he was like, well, I mean, we could do this, I guess, but it's not good basketball. What, what, what are you talking about? And, you know, and, and, and Zach infamously <laughs> said, oh, we're picking roll team. Yeah. This, that, no. There's only one answer to all of this Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> how is, how is Fisdale going to do it? And, and is Fisdale going to have the, the the clout is Fisdale going to have the the oomph? Is he going to have the well? The, I think that's you know. what helps him because you know, let's face it. I mean, like <laughs> we had the young hot assistant in the fifty year old uh, Mark Ivoroni yeah. who yeah. you know who didn't accomplish Ditley squad too smart for his own good. Fisdale has been on championship teams. He's coached the best. I mean, he, he, he's got a great reputation of communicating with players. I, I don't, I think that'll be the least of his worries. Well, and I think he'll, he should, there's been so much drama between front office ownership coaches over the years with this team. You got to think that's not going to be the case, hopefully, at this point. This is the first coach Chris Wallace has handpicked and he is hired. Um, after all the drama with, with Lionel and, and, and with Hollins of Dave Yeager, you got to think that Para and the ownership, you know, in a hierarchy doesn't want any of that anymore. They want to really, like, this is our guy. We're going to bump, you know, we're really going to support this guy finally. Is it him? Is he the one? Is he, I, is he making all the calls or is he going to get some more advanced help from well, I, above? I don't know. I, I, I just, I just think that, that because of the current circumstances of the hire and because of all they went through with Dave and Lionel, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of impetus for them to really support Fisdale in a strong way. And to piggyback that, I, I totally agree with what you're saying because Lionel was never their guy, right? And Dave was Levian's guy, right? And it turns out that Levian wasn't their guy, the, the, <laughs> and so and so like this is all, the GM's guy, this right, is the owner's right, guy, this is everybody's. They're guy. They're all in on Fisdale, I, right. it, and it would be very disappointing if they didn't support you know his methods. And I, you know what? And I think they brought him here in part because they trust. They want his methods, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's made no bones about it. He's he's bringing a lot of Miami with him. But who? This this all goes back to Mark and Mike, right? I mean, they're the ones that were still. They were the the the, the infamous dinner meeting guys. They were the ones. <laughs> they're they're still the ones that are that are more or less. And they're your running two, the show. They're your two and best they're your, players. Your two and, best players. Two best they're, players. And your two. I mean, no. Parsons' contract may be higher than Mark's, but real. They're your two right. like yeah. prominent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's. It all comes down. Yeah, to the those two guys. big contracts. I mean, are your two best players. They're both in their prime, roughly. So yeah, I mean, they're the they're the collective straw that's going to stir the strength. You got to convince them. You got to convince them, or they have to convince you, or however this thing's going to work. That this style of play, this method, whatever this method is going. Be is the right one because as they go, the rest of the locker room goes. And Zach, yeah. of course, is I, all. I, mean, I don't know about Mark, but because he's he was in Spain, but I mean, Conley seems very on board with with sure. this hire. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, here's a question I want to ask you guys before we get out of here. You know, like, and, and I agree with you, Peter. Like Chandler Parsons is going to be huge. I mean, huge. I mean, everybody keeps talking about he's the biggest free agent. Like, really? I mean, like, what has he ever done? I mean, I, I, I'm not. I'm not dissing he's, him. He's a, but, he's a he's a good 15 point a game guy, right? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, I mean, like. Don't act like he went and got LeBron. But he's a four assist, <laughs> four or five assist yeah. guy potentially. And, and, so, and so here's my question. Which one of these young guys have to really break out for the for the you know to make a difference for this team? 
Oh, I think I think you would love for Wade Baldwin to be the answer to that because if it's not Wade Baldwin, you got to do something at your point guard spot. I don't believe Andrew Harrison's going to be your every night backup yeah. point guard. I think it, I think you want it to be Wade Baldwin. I think there's a good chance that that the other guy that a lot of focus ends up being on is James Ennis because if you're going to play smaller ball, one of the, one of the things about bringing Chandler Parsons is using him as a small ball four and being able to adjust. That. Sure. But if you're going to shift him to four, somebody's got to play three, and we both think Vince Carter's going to have a role. But I think that there's a door wide open for James Ennis to be the sixth man, essentially, and to play you know two, three, four, and to soak up 25 minutes a game. The door is wide open for someone to grab that role, and Vince Carter will have it as a default if no one else grabs it. Right. But I think Ennis has a possibility. Well, I mean, he he's a super athletic kid who can get in the paint and make things happen, and he can shoot the corner three. So I, right. I, I don't disagree with your assessment at all. And he's young; he could soak up a lot of minutes. Yeah. I just think uh, that that that's that's true. I, I think there was some at some point though, you know, the the bigs. I don't know if you can trust the health of Brandon Wright, Drill Martin. So I think Deontay Davis, assuming his you know fasciitis and all that stuff that whatever he's got going is all squared away, and he's cleared to play. You mean, right? you, mean you don't know? You, you don't you don't know what he's got going. What's like, he got going on? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, it's plantar fasciitis, right? When do we ever know? <laughs> right, that's my point. Is it fasciitis? <laughs> I swear we heard we got who's something the, on this, right? The, there's rumors out there that Chris, you're going to be the trainer. Are you the trainer? Go ahead, I'm not the trainer. We're not at liberty to discuss this. Yeah, break, the, break news right now. Are you going to be the trainer? You know, so I'm open to negotiation if they would like to bring that. I think I think I think one of those bigs is going to have to come up big, whether it's Jarrell Martin if he's healthy or. Deontay Davis. I think there's going to be a role that's going to have to happen for one of those guys. It, you know, Troy Daniels is going to play a role too because you know he was. I want to. I'm trying to find it. It was he's second, first or second last year in the NBA in, in fourth quarter three point shooting percent. He got shot fifty percent in the fourth quarter on like a hundred, like a lot of attempts. I mean, it was a big. It was a big number. He can shoot. Uh, he's going. That's he was. He was third after Steph Curry and JJ Redick in um, points per shot on, on spot up stuff. See, there you go. See, that's something they haven't had. They really haven't had a guy that that, yeah. that has that one thing, but does it really, really well. Yeah, he played like nine minutes in a seven game playoff series. Yeah, <laughs> so that tells you a little bit about his. You no, know, Chris, that's a little bit of a. It's a little bit but, of a downer. But let, don't don't. I, but I tell you what, that speaks to like you know, like we keep talking about the core four plus Parsons, but that speaks to how important the back half of that roster is going to be. Like. He's Fizdale's going to have to play these kids. He's got to find. He's got to find he's three got, or four players yeah, he can rely on. Yeah. yeah. But look, I know now this is part of the reason I would assume that Fizdale was hired to for for this particular role and then why he may have been excited about it. Look at what he got out of that rotation last year in Miami, and, and that wasn't just well, him. I think Obviously, I think, Spolster, I think they're tired a of not developing players, and they're tired of hear, tired of hearing about how they don't develop players. Well, that, yeah. you know, but 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 it's it's true, it's and they to, need to it do it. They have to, to. It is completely true. It's on them. They yeah. have to fix that. So yeah. you you look at what like Josh Richardson. Uh, I mean, you look at what you what you had with him. Uh, you you can see that that's. A guy that you know you don't see that from the Grizzlies that, that this right. guy that's plucked out of obscurity and plays a significant you know playoff twenty minutes in a playoff series type role that's out there. I mean, you've got uh, Tyler Johnson. I mean, uh, you know another guy that that, that really excelled and, and, and jumped up the way they were able to integrate so many guys in and and, and Dwayne Wade to get that playoff series that they got out of him and, and changing his role. So he worked with the veterans really well and had obviously a really tight relationship with those guys and to go along with those younger guys. I mean, if you have a guy that can be tailor-made for this weird, disparate, young, old roster where you're going to have to squeeze some stuff out of some younger guys that you're not sure about, he's a good fit for that for that purpose. Yeah. Yep. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to say this. As exciting as you guys think you are, we have three lovely 
exchange students from Denmark here who was bored to death listening to you talk. <laughs> and so let's leave on this. Is that true? Are you guys bored to death? <laughs> okay, they're not, they're not, not, see, they're uh, not bored to death, Ron. The big NBA be, fans. They might be bored listening so, to you. Uh, I mean, uh, come on. So everybody's coming out with their... I'll say it's hot in here, though. We got well, seven people high. in this <laughs> tiny little closet. Jeez well, Louise. So, so everybody's coming out with their win totals. Uh, let me get you guys' uh, What do you say? Dude, it's September. It's too early, Ron. <laughs> I got a month. I got a month. I'm not. I'm not doing this yet. No, I got a month. Right, I, that I, was I got my a, answer. I got a. Pro- I wanted you guys. To <laughs> give me I got a process to go answer. through. I haven't started it yet. Oh my word! I'm going to say it's going to be between 72 and, <laughs> and 20, somewhere in there. It's going to settle in. I think. I think they'll win a fair amount of 82 games. Will there be a, a more than 50% of those games? I mean, I mean I, I'll, I'll do a win total, but you you got to catch me in about a month before I do that. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. And, uh, again, this is the first of very many Grizzlies podcasts to come for the 2016-17 season. Like the commercial appeal on Facebook and follow on Twitter at Memphis News. This is the Commercial Appeal.